Dreisaitl has it right wing corner. To McDavid in the high slot. He'll go over to the left. Pass the puck back to the point for Barry. Left wing to McDavid. Across, looking for Dreisaitl. Loose puck, scores! Evander Kane gets a loose puck in the slot. It's a power play goal. And the Oilers are up 4-3. Evander Kane, second of the afternoon, is the game winner. The Oilers win again, five in a row, all at home, 6-3 over the New Jersey Devils. The Oilers had the lead after two. Devils fight back to go ahead 3-2, but then Edmonton with three goals in 3:48 to put it away. McDavid got an empty netter a little bit later on. So 6-3, Oilers is your final. Their record for the season now 35-23-4. and four. Good afternoon. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, ultimately the Oilers just too much for the Devils who uh, hung around in this game, but maybe more than hung around because they had the lead with about 17 minutes to go, but then Edmonton just able to take control. Well, we, we talked before the game started that the New Jersey Devils have got some nice young players up front. They transition well. Uh, they trade chances, and unfortunately for them, uh, their goaltender, goaltending isn't as good as the opposition's, and their skilled forwards, as skilled as some of them are, they start start to run up against players that are better. That's three straight games. They've lost 6-3 on this road trip. Uh, in this game, though, they were 3-2 New Jersey. They had a wonderful chance as Hughes set up one of their players in front of the net for a one-timer. Koskinen makes a save. If, if that gets in, it's 4-2, and all of a sudden this might be a different game. But the Edmonton Oilers had just too much, and their star players came to play. The execution by their star players. And uh, between goaltending and star players, if you have the better of those two in a hockey game, you usually win, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah, and the Oilers with just that one power play opportunity, but it made the difference tonight. They also killed off all three Oilers power plays, uh, that up or Devils power plays. That update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with the next PowerProducts.com. And that power play for Edmonton, we played the game winner by Kane. They, they were just all over. And then it's it's a bounce on a pass that's actually cut off, and Kane's right there to sweep it in. Well, and we always talk, take the puck to the net. And once you take to the puck to the net, the penalty killers get confused, and now they're all over over the place and you're trying to do more than your own job and the Oilers had had three or four great opportunities and then the Jersey Devils it, it came back before the goal was scored the New Jersey Devils had the puck and tried icing it they tried rimming it hard around the boards and Leon Dreisaitl knocked it down out of the air and he's the best I've seen in the National Hockey League at this he's got that big blade on his stick and it came around and he kept the puck in which kept the penalty killers out there, which tired them out. And then tired group, now confused, now running around. Eventually, they're, they're in desperation mode, and they'd made a desperate save or block on a cross-ice pass because Connor was going to Leon, cross-ice. Desperation save, the puck falls down, and all of a sudden the goalie's out of position, Kane's wide open in front of the net. So uh, the power play opportunities before created the power play goal that Kane scored because he had a tired group out there that were just uh, had lost their their positioning and they were just all over the place and the Edmonton Oilers took full advantage of it. And Tyson Berry had tied it shortly before that on it's one of those goals you debate it is that a perfect shot by the player or is that how the goaltenders now give up that spot and if a player hits it's, it it's in. Well it's both. 
it's both. It's that's the spot that's available, and that's the way goalie coaches teach goalies to do. And we see it all the time now. We've we had a lot of phone calls. Because Smith has let those in, Koskinen has let those in, and people saying that that can't be there. But that is how they uh, goaltender, how they're taught to do it. Normally, in, in Mike era and a lot of eras after that, players couldn't hit that spot. Uh, but now guys have the, the skill level is so much higher nowadays, and Barry picked it, picked the corner. I mean that. So to me, that's the the way goalies are taught versus the goal the the goal scorer's ability that's a great job by tyson berry i mean it, you you've got about a, a three inch little box area that you can hit and if you hit it it's a goal so i every time we see one i, I say the same thing are the are the goalie coaches are you going to start changing the way you teach goalies to to protect the net in that area because players now are just too good at it but a, a, a great shot by Tyson Berry and I thought Tyson Berry played well tonight I think Tyson Berry, Berry has been getting better and better in the games here as of late and you can see that the coaching staff's confidence in him has been bigger because the power play normally when there's a whistle on the power play they switch Barry off and bring on Bouchard or Nurse for the second unit the only one that changed, Hyman and, and Yamamoto flip-flop. Barry stayed out for the whole power play, and he got one of the assists on the goal. Scores in the uh, second consecutive game. Oilers beat the Devils 6-3, so that means the Japanese Village goal light is active on 630Ched.com. You can go there, print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. How good was Jesper Bratt today? Oh, he well, he was the best. Like in a, in a game that featured Connor getting three, Leon, who I thought was the best Oiler by far tonight, he had two. Kane had two goals. Hyman played well, and all those stars out there. Still, I think Bratt was the best player on the ice tonight, as he had three points and plus two in the game, and could have had a number of other opportunities. I, we don't get to see him very often. He, obviously, they only play twice against Jersey each year, and New Jersey is not a popular team to be put on to national broadcast so if it's a non-oiler night you don't usually see the New Jersey Devils playing but he's fun to watch he is fast he is smart uh, he creates opportunities for himself and he creates it for his teammates uh, I know that Bob mentioned him before the game and said keep your eye on Jesper Bratton absolutely he was very very good in this hockey game well and look th we're at that all the time but especially this time of year the teams that are out of it can play well and still lose and sometimes yep. I wouldn't say this was necessarily the Oilers A game but they still got the win but give the Devils credit I, I mean a disastrous start for them goal a minute <laughs> at 11 in almost two nothing before it was two minutes old because Fogel had a breakaway and give Gillies credit for making the save but uh, you know the Devils they had a game plan and, and they were pushing the pace if they got the puck it was going zoom the other way no player I think benefited more than Bratt who had a couple of breakaways and was in on every goal but uh, I mean the Devils I, 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 you know, I call them pesky the way they, yeah. they played today they would not go away in this game they, they wouldn't but you and I were talking uh, early in the third period after their, the jersey had gone up and he said, oh, this, this might be a tough one to come back. And I just said, I, I couldn't see New Jersey winning this game because I don't, I look at their, their back end, I don't see defensemen that they can put out there to protect the lead. And uh, Gillies is not a goaltender that's got a, you know, a huge track record of stealing hockey games. So I'm thinking the others are going to get their chances, and they did. And eventually the New Jersey Devils just wilted under the pressure of Edmonton's chance after chance after chance. Uh, I, I, I've always was, I liked P.K. Subban when, when he was in his star years, but I mean, seriously, there's a big drop-off between when he was at the peak and to what he is now, and then you start seeing Carolina 
not keeping Hamilton. Hamilton moving on, and you're thinking, I mean, that was a big piece of Carolina. And then I watched tonight, not the same player as well uh, that we've seen in the past. For the New Jersey, I do believe, is a team that's got a bunch of young players, skilled players that are going to be good in a few years. But in a close game like this, it just, they don't have the guys that can put out there and stem the momentum coming the other way. So once the Oilers started pushing in the third period, it became all Edmonton Oilers. So 6-3 the final in favor of the Oilers. That is a $600 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. $100 every time the Oilers score the total for the year up to 21000 200 bucks. The Oilers wind up out shooting the Devils 40-28. It's a 25-save victory for Miko Koskinen. You know, kind of a, a, a tough goal against that was banked in him off behind the net after he had stopped a, a breakaway. But overall, I thought Koskinen was was solid again, and especially in the second period before the Oilers really got it going. I, I agree, and to me, and to me, the biggest one that he saved was the one when the when the Devils had an opportunity to extend a lead, and that would where the game could have gone sideways for the Edmonton Oilers, but he came up with big saves at right moments. And it's funny, I always, you, we, you've had Grant Fuhr on your show a number of times, and, and I've listened to him speak in a, a number of different uh, events and stuff, and, and he always talks about, he never worried about how many goals they, the other team scored. His, his biggest concern was wins and making saves when the team needed them to make saves. And I think that's what you saw, the weird one from behind that. I still don't know how the puck went in. It, it's I've watched the replay about four or five times, but when... The New Jersey Devils push and had an opportunity to extend the lead. That was the save that he needed to make. If it goes forward to New Jersey, the Oilers probably don't win this hockey game, or it's much tougher. But he made the save that he needed to make. So it was uh, another good effort by Miko Koskinen, and uh, an all-around a, a good effort from up front too. This Oilers team is playing well. They're playing with a ton, uh, a ton of swagger right now. But now it gets a little more serious. The games become a little more important, and the teams become a little bit better that they play against. So at the moment, the Oilers two points behind Los Angeles for second in the Pacific Division. We'll check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. We have Vegas and L.A. currently playing, and the Golden Knights lead at 3-1 with 13 minutes left. So that would... Uh, bump the Golden Knights up there right now in a wild card spot so they'd stay two back of the Oilers and then Edmonton would remain as they are now two points back of LA with a couple of games in hand you just don't want LA to catch up and have that one <laughs> go to overtime you don't want the three point uh, three point games in the second period Penguins lead the Coyotes one nothing shots are 24-9 for Pittsburgh about seven minutes into the second period Blue Jackets lead the Blues 3-1 earlier the Islanders beat the Stars 4-2 Edmonton is going to see Dallas on uh Tuesday and Dallas trying to fight back into a wild card spot. Minnesota beat Chicago 3-1 tonight. The Flames are going to play the Canucks. A few other games coming up as uh, as well. I mean, Vegas, LA. Do you want the team further behind to fall further back? Do you want to be closer to the team you're catching? Um, it depends on your outlook. Well, to me, I, the Oilers are making the playoffs right now. That game is trying to dictate who you're going to play against. LA or Vegas has to win that game. I, I really do believe that they cannot afford to lose in regulation against the LA Kings and get pushed further behind. Uh, the Oilers are going to be playing either Vegas or the Kings in the first round. Uh, right now it looks like the Kings, but if Vegas gets healthy, they can go on a run. And it'll be interesting. Uh, both teams, I think, will be very active on trade deadline. And the LA Kings, I don't think anyone expected for them to be adding at the deadline. And their name has been involved in a lot of bigger names that are out there. Uh, that's a team that 
there's a lot of things that I predicted at the beginning of the season. One thing that I didn't was the LA Kings being a playoff hockey team. They've overplayed in what I thought they were capable of doing, but they are a team that would be dangerous in a playoff round because they play playoff hockey. Yeah. They play big, strong, mean, low-scoring hockey games, and uh, we'll see if they get or Vegas gets better on the trade deadline. All right, so the Oilers win 6-3. McDavid scored the empty netter, so he scores in every game on this homestand. He gets three points this afternoon. Kyler Yamamoto able to, uh, oh, you know, we'll update that in a second. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here is Jay Whitcroft, head coach. Uh, um, articulate this first goal thing and what a difference it's made. And was it a difference tonight at all in uh, team character that's been developing or changing or whatever? And you'd succeeded with the same sort of uh, approach in, in Bakersfield when it came to starts. Can you articulate bringing it to Edmonton and exactly what you did and what you see? Yeah. Um, so to the first part of the question, I think it's pretty remarkable that uh, when this year's version of the Edmonton Oilers scores first, the, the record, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. Um, I, I don't know if it's a statistical oddity or why that is the case. I would say that um, when our staff came in about a month ago, we wanted to make uh, it important to start well. We put a premium on starting well. We talk a lot about early urgency. Um, wanting to sink our teeth into the other team immediately um, and putting a little bit of onus on personal responsibility for players to find their game within the team right off the bat. Thank you. Uh, Jay, uh, I would ask that uh, you guys, have, your team appears to sort of, I want to say toughen up. Like, we watched a team a lot of the time this year that when, you know, a bad goal went in or a, you had a bad stretch, it stayed bad. Uh, what we see certainly again tonight is you can have a bad couple minutes, but it gets good again. Uh, I don't even know what the question there is, but how's that happen? <laughs> it's kind of a statement. It is a statement. Uh, yes, it is a statement. Um, well... It wasn't according to script to give up two goals in the first few minutes of the third period there. There was some uh, good fortune for the other team off the end wall and all that kind of stuff. But I like what um, our, our players were saying on the bench, uh, how they were supporting each other, how their belief system didn't waver. I think when you talk about resiliency, and that is a word we want um, to describe our team as being a resilient team, what that comes down to is when there's a shock to the system or something bad happens that you just don't abandon your structure or your way of being. And uh, for our team uh, to maintain um, our shape and continue to press forward, I thought that was a good sign and bodes well for us going forward. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but it seemed like there was a lot of line tinkering tonight. And can you just explain what went into that and, and how you were kind of trying to work players in and out of, of different lines and responsibilities? I didn't think we skated very well in the first period uh, as a group. And so it was just trying to press a few buttons and move some pieces around the chessboard to, in an effort to try and get some people going. Um, and also, I didn't, I didn't love my, my deployment of uh, people and spreading the minutes around right off the bat. 
So um, we just tried to find a way to find the right combinations in order for us to, to win the game. That was what was most important. So how do you decide when you don't like something? You said you're critical of yourself there. Uh, when does that realization come in and how do you go about correcting it as a coach? Um, I put a lot of emphasis on self-assessment. So uh, usually at TV timeouts, when you get a little bit of a chance to think uh, and to talk to your assistant coaches, and um, it comes from feel, it comes from experience. And I just didn't love the way we skated collectively. And it was it was trying to find the right combinations in order for us to win the game. You also have to give the other team credit. They have some good players on that team and uh, just trying to find the right matchups in order to gain a little bit of an advantage. Jay, a lot of talk uh, at this time of the year with potential acquisitions, but you guys already had a big addition this season in Evander Kane. Comes through again tonight. Can you talk about his play around the net and how he always seems to find the soft area to score? Yeah, um, he's feeling it right now. Uh, I think there's a good chemistry with him and Connor. Um, he has um, he has uh, found a niche of by going to hard areas to score goals. Uh, he, you know, he's also someone who can score from distance, but he doesn't just resort to playing on the outside or the periphery. He goes to hard areas to score. I think it's a good example for our younger players. And uh, we we're talking about line combinations a little bit earlier. I thought uh, in the second period, um, Zach Cassian did something for our team to put a, inject a little bit of emotion into the game. And uh, I know that the bench grew a little bit taller when he did that. And, and uh, you know, at that point in time, uh, we made the decision to put Cass up with Kane and Connor, and that was an effective unit for us too. Jay, when the training deadline's coming, how much discussion is it between the coach and the general manager as to what we possibly can get and what we possibly need? How much? Um, it's been my experience over my three different organizations that uh, there's usually quite a bit of uh, communication um, at this time of year. There's communication on a daily basis just on the general state of the team, uh, the lineups you're going to ice, who you liked in certain games, who you may not have liked in certain games. And so there's constant communication between our coaching staff and our management group. Do you suggest people to the general manager who you perhaps have coached before or you like say, I, I kind of like this guy? Um, the lane that I like to stay in is trying to get the most out of the people that are in front of me. Uh, if I'm asked questions, I'm not hesitant in any way to give my opinion. Um, and usually, if that's the case, it's it's one where I put a lot of thought and work into um, forming an opinion about uh, either players on our team or players around the league. Thank you. Can you uh, can you speak to? Uh, uh, what you saw when you were an assistant coach here uh, with uh, Connor and, and, and Leon in particular, that has evolved and changed when you're returning as a head coach? Well, um, 
both of those guys were extremely young and finding their footing in the National Hockey League when I first uh, was an assistant coach. They were both dominant players as young players, as we know. Um, their, their game has evolved. Uh, I said this the other, other night. I don't think some of them, I don't think... Connor specifically and Leon specifically get enough credit for um, some of the things they do defensively um, and how how hard they play the game. So I see two young men that have uh, physically matured. I think their games have matured and both of them are driven uh, to be the best they can be. They're driven to be the, the best players in the world and most importantly, they're both driven to win. And can you speak to the, and you, that's included in there somewhere, I guess, but just uh, how they've really embraced the leadership part of the game? Yeah, yeah, I feel good uh, with them on the ice because uh, I see them trying to do things right. Do they make mistakes even though they're the top players in, in the game? They still make mistakes on the ice, but they, they take ownership of those mistakes. They know when um, they can be better. Uh, they're constantly um, craving information uh, to help them be the best that they can be. Um, and they're hugely respected, uh, not only only by the coaching staff here, but also by their, their teammates. And, and they are two people that are driving us forward. They're supported by some really good leaders in our room as well, guys like Darnell Nurse and some, some leaders who have um, gained experience in other organizations, guys like Duncan Keith and Mike Smith and those types. Um, you know, I, I think where their game is at is in a good spot right now. They're trying to do it right on a night in, night out. Uh, if you look at their statistical paths, particularly Connor, it seems like their last 25 games, there's an escalation. Uh, mm -hmm. do, you, do you sense that going on right now? Well, is ever since our staff has been here for the last month or so, I've seen their game take off. Uh, and most importantly, uh, what the emphasis for our team has been is our work back to our own zone. And I see those two players leading the way in that charge. And, and when they do it, I know it's contagious. All right, that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after a 6-3 win over the New Jersey Devils this afternoon at Rogers Place as the Oilers have won five consecutive games. Uh, I was mentioning Kyler Yamamoto held off the score sheet for the first time on this homestand, so it is Dale who will get the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line before the game at one and a half points by Yamo, so Dale takes the under, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. So 6-3 uh, is your final, Rob. The Oilers now 21-0 when scoring <laughs> the first goal of the game. Like we said earlier, this season, they should have done it more often. They shouldn't, but they're, doing it. they're waiting for the right time in the season to get it done. Uh, when they score first, it forces other teams to open up a little bit uh, because they're chasing a game. And when other teams open up a little bit, the Oilers are able to capitalize on odd man breaks and capitalize on mistakes because the other teams have to force things. So the Edmonton Oilers, uh, as of late, not only are they scoring first, but they're outplaying the opposition. There's been games this year where the Oilers were the better team early and the other team scored on a, on a bad break. 
Right now, the Edmonton Oilers are out playing the other team and getting the benefit of some good execution and scoring first, and it's just setting the Oilers up very well as the game moves on. That is our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Okay, we're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is how you reach us on the Certainty Hotline, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Evander Kane, who scores twice this afternoon. He is up to 12 goals on the season. We are live in Studio 99. Old friend from the Border City is here. i got to go say hi to him. Oilers win at 6-3. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Here's Hamilton out to the neutral zone. Bumps it back to Tatar. On the left is Sharon Govich. Now it gets to Mercer. Brings it in on the right wing. Puck comes in front to Boquist. Oh, the save by Koskinen. Boquist with a point-blank look. That is Miko Koskinen. Save the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Miko Koskinen now 23-9-3 on the season. Oilers beat the Devils 6-3. Koskinen, 25 saves this afternoon. John Gillies winds up getting the start for the New Jersey Devils. He stops 34 out of 39. If you would have, someone would have told you at the beginning of the season that Miko Koskinen's record would be 23-9, and where do you think the Oilers would be in the standings? Yep. What, what would you have predicted if that was his record? You're probably thinking, they got an opportunity to win the president's trophy if that's your backup goaltender at 23 and 9 unfortunately it hasn't worked out the way it has but right now uh, Koskinen has been very good for a long stretch since late January Mike Smith came back and had his best effort possibly of the season his last game he wasn't tested a lot but played very well I we both imagine he's going to get one of the next two starts Mike Smith the Oilers if they can get both goaltenders going down the stretch right now with the depth they have up front uh, they've got a nice chance to, to make a run at getting home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So it was another good start for Koskinen, and hopefully the next start we see from Mike Smith will emulate the one that he just had. By the way, Claude Giroux's been traded to Florida. The Florida Panthers, they, they're taking this playoff thing serious as that's the second big move they've made. The Eastern Conference, how tough an Eastern Conference is it right now with the trades that are being made? They've got a ton of teams that are battling. Tampa's made a big move. The Florida Panthers made a couple. The Boston Bruins. Hampus Lindholm went to Boston. Which is a huge addition to the Boston Bruins. And I don't know where they are in the standings right now. Isn't Boston uh, one of the wildcard teams? So yeah. all three of those teams could all be in the same division. Yeah, Boston's the first wildcard team. So right now they play Carolina, but it's close. Close. So they actually could. So all the big moves could be in. Two of those teams could be out in the first round with all the moves that they made. Lindholm, they gave up. Uh, quite a few draft picks I saw on that one. Is it two first and two second? Or? And Nick Delorier, who we've talked about, Bob was talking about him on the face-off show, he goes from Anaheim to Minnesota, so he stays in the West for a third rounder in 2023. So things are starting to happen. Trade deadline is Monday at 1. We got uh, an extended edition of Oilers now starting at 11 a.m. on Monday to, uh, to take you through that. Okay, Oilers win 6-3 over the Devils. We will go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Doug standing by. Hey, Doug. Oh, hey, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a Devils fan, too, so I'm sad. But I called in about yeah, a while ago. I said that I believe the Oilers make the playoffs. They won't be trading anybody for goalies. I said that. Uh, I want you guys to give me a non-political answer. Are we keeping both goalies? I say yes. And I say we're in the 
Western final against Colorado. And I don't watch the games. I listen to you guys. But what do you say? Well, well no, neither goalie's getting traded. No, I, and we don't believe they'll pick a goalie up. We think this will be the goaltending tandem. And then with the addition of, of Skinner, once their season is over, those will be the three goalies the Oilers go with through the playoffs. Yeah, if Doug's right and they're in the uh, Western final against Colorado, that'll be exciting. That's a long way from now. That's a, that's the, you have to go still through gotta, a couple I appreciate good Doug's optimism. Yeah. You still got I mean, to clinch a playoff spot, quite frankly, even though it's looking good. True, but although there, I think there's more faith right now in oil, Oilers land that the Oilers could make a run in the playoffs than there was a month ago. I think there's more hope with the way the Oilers played as of late that the Oilers can have a run. Now, it's, there's going to be teams that are going to have their say in the matter, whether it's L.A., Vegas, and then eventually the Calgary Flames. But the way the Oilers are playing right now and the belief that they have in that dressing room, I think there's belief now for the fans of Edmonton the Edmonton Oilers are a good hockey club. Well, I think it's the best forward core they've had in a long time. Oh. They are, I mean, maybe, they're deep. Maybe even better than 16-17 when, when they did go to the second round. And Nugent Hopkins is still coming back. Now you hope to stay healthy. Again, we, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I, I think the worry is still goal prevention. Yep. Uh, you know, the goaltending's been good lately. You get into a playoff series. Will the Oilers goalie be better on paper than whatever guys at the other end? That's a fair question. And then just the, def the depth of the defense score. If you get a, up against a quick team or a big, powerful pound-away team. Well, it, but, I mean, tonight they gave up three to a New Jersey team that's not a great hockey club, so they gave up three goals. And then for me, and, and I talked with Bob after the game, and he talked about what the Oilers need in a trade deadline. The thing that I believe the Oilers need is a right-handed shutdown defenseman because if right now they've got one solid defenseman in Cody Ceci, and then they got two offensively gifted players in Bouchard and Barry. My fear in a long playoff run, if something never happened to Ceci, now, who do you have on your right side that you can put out there in the last minute of periods, out there to penalty kill? Uh, so that's to me, is the biggest pressing need for the Oilers, I believe, is they need another complementary right-handed defenseman, or at least can play on that side, that can play with a little bit of nastiness, has some size, some aggression, and can be a guy that can shut down if you ever run into an issue where Cody Ceci is injured. All right, 6-3, the Oilers take down the Devils this afternoon. We have Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey boys, how you doing? Quite well. Well, I mean, you know what? I think I know. Uh, I mean, I gotta be honest. I mean, uh, um, I'm gonna say that uh, uh, early in the third, when uh, New Jersey got those two quick ones to go up three-two, I was thinking to myself, I don't know, maybe we're gonna, you know, you know, maybe we're gonna let this one get away. But you know, but you know, I liked. Uh, I like the way the team pushed back, especially after, especially after after Barry tied it. Now, now I believe I believe personally at the deadline, if there's going to be if there's going to be a move, it'll be either for another defenseman like uh, Rob is touching on, or another step forward, like a like a guy a guy that's kind of like a Archibald. Now, that being said, quickly I want to touch on this. Uh, uh, road trip that's coming up, Colorado, Dallas. I mean, a month ago, I would have said, beating Colorado, forget it. Now, now I'd say if the Oilers play relatively the same and maybe they catch Colorado napping a bit, Colorado takes them lightly, maybe they can win. But the, the two games on the trip, if the Oilers get a split, I'll take that. I don't think anybody in the third round of the playoffs is going to take anybody lightly. So I don't think Colorado, Colorado would be napping if they played against the Oilers in the third round. Uh, the Oilers, the, 
the Oilers are going to have a, a tough opponent in the first round. If they get through that, they'll have a tougher opponent in the second. And if somehow we win that one, then the third one, it just gets harder and harder. I think the Edmonton Oilers right now are playing the right way most times. They're getting contributions up and down the lineup. But the most important thing, and you do not go anywhere in the playoffs, is their goaltending has given them solid starts. And I think that is what gives hope to the Edmonton Oilers fans that the Edmonton Oilers can make a run in the playoffs. Well, and they still, they got 20 games left. They play Colorado three times. They have not played the Avalanche. Yep. So, I mean, there's a chance to learn a lot right there and see what, you, see what you yep. have to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Col Colorado is good. Their record is not, uh, no, it's, it's not a mirage. It's not a fluke. They, uh, they are a good hockey club. Okay, Oilers win 6-3. Two goals from this man, Evander Kane. 23 games. How much difference have you noticed in the in the team belief and, and that sort of thing particularly when you got here this team was in a miserable stretch of uh, giving up the first goal of the game and, and sometimes letting it carry on uh, your observations in that area yeah i think uh obviously uh there was a tough stretch kind of before i got here and i think uh you know these guys got off to a great start obviously early in the season but um you know, I think, you know, a couple of wins in a row can, can really change uh, the mindset and, and get that belief uh, a little higher. And, um, you know, I think we, we obviously got healthy um, and started playing, uh, you know, a lot tighter as a unit of five. And I think that's, uh, that's really helped our game and it's led to some success. How much do you think you brought to this team other than the obvious statistical stuff? Uh, you know, that's not necessary for me to, to judge, but, um, you know, I just try to bring uh, bring my attributes to the team and, and any team I'm on and, uh, you know, uh, try to be a positive uh, positive player for a group. Thank you. Yeah, the maybe that's like the we're wondering about is there was a time when this was a fragile team, like when one bad goal went in, it, then the next was coming. These last, certainly last couple of weeks, you let a goal in and it doesn't happen that way. You guys have the ability to really push back, get your game back together. Is that a, you know, I don't know how you come across that. How do you get that way? I think it's just, uh, you know, believe it. I mean, we, we can score goals. We know that. I think it's it's really just about uh, playing a certain way and, and having the right attitude and staying with that attitude no matter, uh, you know, how bounces go uh, in a game. And, you know, you look at the third period. Uh, we come out. We know what we need to do, but they get a couple of bounces um, and, and take the lead. And, you know, we stick with our game plan. We, we get pucks to the net. Uh, you know, we turn up the heat a little bit and um, stay with it, and we're able to respond. So, um, it's it's been a good homestand uh, for the most part. I think it's it's a, you know you look at the teams we've played. You can say they they're not very good, but those are tough games. And uh, I thought it was a good test for our group. And now we go on the road. So you win five in a row. That's got to be good. Uh, you know, some people, us media guys, look back and go, well, you know, Detroit was a pretty loose game and blew a lead tonight. But in the end, you win five straight. There's got to be some confidence comes out of that. For sure. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know we're never. Nobody's ever going to complain about winning. Um, so so we're, we're happy with that. But but like I said, I, I think uh, you know those are some tough games to play. Um, but but every every point, uh, especially with the position we're in, is is very important and. Uh, we took care of business at home, and, and now we get to go on the road and play two really good teams. You guys were 2-5-1 and one heading into this homestand, playing some pretty decent hockey but not getting over. Did, did something click? It was just a matter of getting a couple of wins, like maybe particularly against Tampa and Washington to get this thing rolling. Yeah, uh, you know, the way we ended off that, that road trip in Chicago was, uh, was disappointing. Um, and then, you know, coming back home and losing against...
um, Montreal there uh, was tough, but like I said, I think, uh, you know, we knew the position we're in, teams are starting to, to, to pull away from us and, and we needed to climb back into that race. And uh, we dug ourselves out of the hole that we, we, we put ourselves in. And um, like I said, we're in, a, we're in a good position now, but it's definitely nothing to be satisfied about. The trade deadline's coming up, so this is the time where everybody kind of takes stock in, in what the team is and what their potential is. Uh, what is this team? What is its potential? What do you see here? Well, I, I mean, I see uh, great potential in this team. That's why I came here. Um, so I, I think you're starting to see uh, to see what it can look like. And as we continue to, to grow our game and become uh, become even tighter as a team in, in the way we play, uh, I, I think uh, you know we're going to be a, a, a tough team to beat do you need uh, a deadline addition what are you what are you guys looking for hey guys it's not my job <laughs> <laughs> i thought i'd ask <laughs> yeah most players don't answer that one <laughs> no well it'd be funny if they were honest well you know what i'm not liking what he's yeah, doing we on need the this third guy line off the i mean he's we don't like him in the dressing room he cheats in poker i'd rather have this guy on the team instead no that's i mean it's true it's uh, you you tell your gm what you want by how you play on the ice we want help or we need help or add something to this because we feel we're good enough and then the gm and the coach they do their job and find the players to complement what you already have all right oilers win at 6-3 over the new jersey devils evander kane speaking there he scores two in this one the other goal scores for the oilers dry barry hyman and mcdavid it's a five game winning streak for the oilers back in a couple of minutes heartland ford overtime open line we're back in studio 99 great to see all the happy oilers fans this afternoon fifth consecutive victory 6-3 win over the devils it was uh, an interesting game 1-1 after one 2-1 edmonton after two devils got two goals 248 apart early in the third but then the oilers take control they got three in 348 and then mcdavid got an empty netter his 35th dry scored early his 41st of the season 6-3 is the final damage we will go to nils on the certainty hotline hey nils Hey, I'm uh, just wondering if uh, what you guys think of this. If you're protecting a lead out there and maybe you're on the penalty kill, could you throw both goalies out on the ice at once? No. Well, can you both goalies out? One plays defense? I don't. I have no idea. I, honestly, I have no idea. I don't think you can. You can't have both goalies in the crease? No, you can't have crease. two goalies in the, in the crease. That's, a, that's interesting, though. We have never been asked that before. No, no, and actually, I didn't have... I wouldn't have known. Makes sense, though. Kind of both goalies standing in the crease. We do that sometimes at our academy. Get two little guys in there, protect more of the ice. Well, well you've talked about you know, hiring a sumo wrestler as a goalie. Why not? I mean, the only problem is finding equipment to fit the dude. But seriously, if he fills up the whole net, why not? <laughs> whatever it takes to win, Reed. Whatever it takes. Uh, who do we have on the phone, Angie? Ultimate Warrior? Okay. Well, we should play the theme music. Go ahead, Ultimate Warrior. So, anyways, I, I, I'm uh, the upcoming uh, trade line, uh, trade line, uh, trade um, day is coming. I don't think anything should be changed or there should be any trades going on. Leave the Oilers alone. That's just a comment. It's just my opinion. But leave the Oilers alone. I mean, McDavid right now is playing better than Sidney Crosby ever did. That's all I got to say. Okay. Ciao. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there probably will be some sort of a move. And like Rob mentioned, and 
it's for, it's depth. It's and, depth. And defense, you know, you can never have enough defensemen. No, I agree. Uh, good, and then good defense. Good defenseman. Well, you talked about Broberg being injured in the minors, and he'd be one of the guys that would be up here as a black ace to start the playoffs. And if he's un unavailable, you want to make sure you have enough depth that if injuries do happen, it was a few years back, well, more than a few now, when the Buffalo Sabres lost a series, I believe, to Dallas, where they just ran out of defensemen. They had so many in injuries on the back end. So you want to give yourself as good a chance as possible to move along in the playoffs to do that. You want to have depth. And that's what we believe that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be doing at deadline day is adding players that can fill in in the depth roles if need be, if they if they start going sideways. Okay, 6-3 Edmonton. Let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Can you describe how much of a difference it's made with this team to get that first goal uh, although tonight wasn't a great example of it getting down again, but uh, it seems to make. I mean, I think you guys are now 21 and 0 when you score first. Uh, are you kind of feeding off of that a bit, or is there a difference? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very obvious. I think that um, you know we we like playing with the lead. I think it. Um, feeds into our game a little better um, so it's it's very obvious that uh, you know that's that's a big part of our game um, obviously it, um, got, got a little way on us for for a couple minutes here in the third but um, you know good teams find find ways to win so um, at the end of the day it's two big points for us thank you do you guys running the table on a homestand going five and oh was that any significance to you guys or is it just another game how do you view the you know the Oh, it, was, it was a big big stretch for us right important games um, some some good teams in here um, so this, this was a really uh, really good stretch for us obviously but that being said we're, we're focused on next game um, you know we got two two hard opponents coming up here in the back-to-back -back, so um, gotta make sure we're ready for that so they come back and they take the lead in the third period at that point is it kind of just a matter of you guys hitting the gas and saying all right let's let's take care of this yeah you, you don't you don't ever want to let that happen really right um that's that's not ideal but they got some shifty players that that can make plays and uh i think maybe we we fell asleep for a second there but um yeah i i thought our our, our team did a good job you know grabbing it again and, and kind of pulling it back together Leon, I know you just talked about it, but what are some of the qualities that you've seen from this club in specifics of your guys' game plan over this five-game homestand that allowed you guys to come out five and Well, I think we're just playing very connected hockey right now. Uh, I think everyone, um, you know, knows their role. Everyone knows the system. Everyone knows the way that we want to play and, and the way that we can be successful and, and we can you know truly beat any team um we're getting healthy which which helps a lot um but yeah like i said i think everyone's just kind of in their spots now and and you know hopefully we can stay healthy for uh for the stretch run here you talk about how big of a difference evander kane has been for this group since coming in yeah he's he's been big for us obviously he gives you a um a top six uh winger right um so those are hard to find, especially with his, um, you know, physicality and, and the way he plays the game. Um, th those are hard to find, hard to come by. So uh, we're very lucky to have him. What about his touch around the net? Just seems to always bury when he feels like he should. Yeah, he's, he, he knows how to score. I think that's the, the, the easiest way to do it, um, to say it. Um, he just, he, he finds the right areas. He knows, uh, he knows how to score. He's done it for a long time. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been big for our team. 
That is Leon Dreisaitl got an early one. The Oilers go on to beat the New Jersey Devils 6-3. You can get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. The Oilers travel tomorrow. Our next game broadcast is Monday. Face-off show at 6 puck drop at 7.30. They take on the Colorado Avalanche. And don't forget, Bob Stoffer, an extended edition of Oilers now on Monday, starting at 11 a.m. Thanks to our game day engineer here at Rogers Place and in Studio 99, Troy Bowler. Thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this afternoon. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. It's five wins in a row for the Oilers.